This morning's reading is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, and may be found on page 671 of your Bibles. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Morning, everyone. Do uh, keep your Bibles open at page uh, 671. Let's pray, shall we? On this Remembrance Sunday, Father, we come to you praying that you'll help us to see and understand your word. We pray, Father, that your spirit would lead us, and we pray, Father, that we'll go away uh, from here ready to live for you, um, having heard from you. We pray that you'll be with us now, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, these verses are, are beautiful uh, verses. They're beautiful poetry. Um, uh, and they've inspired uh, many down the ages, inspired songs. And they're meant to, to teach us about um, life, um, which is not as um, chapter 2, the previous chapter 2, tells us um, to be lived under the sun without... Uh, with God somehow edited out of the picture, but rather um, our lives to be lived under the one who made the sun. That's a little bit of the context here of Ecclesiastes. As chapter 2, verse 25 says, without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? And so as we go through um, life, we know, don't we, we realize that we face many uh, choices we fa- face many times of, of change. We're confronted with situations, um, and that's exactly what Ecclesiastes uh, three one to eight is all about. Um, some of us would like life to be exactly the same, wouldn't we? All the time to have a kind of a pattern and a, a predictability to it. Um, so that we can know, you know, in four weeks' time on Tuesday at nine o'clock, we know exactly what we're going to do. And some of us live like that, and others would find that kind of routine stifling and, and, and mundane. But one thing is certain, um, if you're a Christian here this morning, as someone who seeks to follow God and trust in Jesus, there is inevitably, isn't there, going to be a whole load of change in our lives. We're going to have to face that and often dramatically, and wisdom is required 
to face these. And Ecclesiastes is part of the Bible um, which we talk about as the, the wisdom literature. And it's, it's there to help us with this way of thinking. It helps us to understand and respond wisely because change is, off, is an absolute certainty. And we know this, don't we, whether it's physical change, whether it's we're going through adolescence or whether we're aging, we know that there is change, but sometimes it's emotional changes that we're having a particular difficulty in, with our lives and having problems that we face, or whether it's an occasion that we're facing, that we're affected by. And sometimes it's, it's changes because of, of your work situation, our friendships, and even at church. Change is inevitable. And we've faced many changes, haven't we? We've all faced many changes this last 18 months because of COVID. And as a church, some have moved out of London. Some have left the church. Others have arrived. Some of you are new, which is wonderful. But for others, coming back into church is sometimes quite a difficult thing because perhaps they don't recognize it as is the way that it was. See, change is a fact of life. And the teacher, as he's called in Ecclesiastes, almost certainly Solomon, doesn't just talk about change as a fact, but he goes right to the heart of it, um, and he recognizes that, that life is full of contradictions. Um, I'm not a particular age, but some of you will know um, Joni Mitchell's song, Both Sides Now. Uh, I'm not going to sing it, but the, the verse goes... I've looked at life from both sides now, from win and lose, and still somehow it's life's illusions I recall. I really don't know life at all. Life's contradictions. And sometimes somebody's described uh, thinking about uh, life uh, as, as uh, skiing downhill. Um, I went skiing a few times when I was in Scotland. I wasn't very um, good at it. But downhill skiing, you remember Ski Sunday, many of you, and I used to love watching that program. You'd watch those downhill skiers, and that looked already gracious and effortless, and it looked all very sweeping and swooshing down the, the mountain. And we ma- imagine somehow that Life is a bit like that, you know, it's sort of effortless, that it's managed and it's anticipated. They seem to move from one foot to the, the other and, and everything is, is easy and, and uh, it looks thrilling and it just seems to happen. And, they, you know, you have this Im- imagination that you go through the gate at the, the end and everyone cheers and it's wonderful. We think it's meant to be like that, life sort of smooth and controlled and planned out. But the teacher here in Ecclesiastes says, no, don't expect it to be like that. It's actually more like watching the slalom, isn't it? And the slalom, when you watch that, it doesn't look effortless. It looks like hard work. You know, there's, there's back and there's forth and there's twisting and there's turning. And often it's sudden and Sometimes they hit the gate, don't they? And, and it looks all sort of unsteady and, and there's bashing around and there's crisscrossing and sharp turns and progress is much slower. It looks hard. Uh, going in one direction, you don't seem to be going very, very far down the hill and then immediately the different way and you switch 
And the teacher says life is more like a slalom. It looks contradictory. It looks like there's twists and there's turns and there's sudden changes. And all's going well. Then you can hit a gate and turn again. And so, verse 1, there is a time for everything. A time for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to uproot. A time to kill. A time to heal. And instantly, we read, don't we, of the twists and the turns, the changes. And we instinctively, don't we, we want to be at the born and the, the, the planting, and we want to be at the healing and the mending all the time, and the peace. Because we want a downhill experience that is, is, is easy. But in actual fact, that's not what God is, is offering, offering us. You see, actually, we need to understand how this would have been understood then. For example, if you would ask a, ask a, 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 a shepherd, uh, and you think about the, the healer here, uh, you know, the sense of, I don't want to kill, and um, we want to be in the spring, don't we, in the mountains, when the lambs are all dancing around on the hills. Uh, and uh, we like that. But we don't want to be in there in the autumn when they go to the abattoir. A time to tear down and a time to build. We instinctively want to be in the building, don't we? But the reality is, if you ask a builder or a property developer, often there's a time of actually tearing down, isn't there? Verse 5, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. How real is that to us in these last um, months? COVID-19. Some of us think that an embrace is a must, is a, is a right, a thing I have to have. And then you know that there are times when change happens and it cannot be. Perhaps people, loved ones, are on the other side of the world or your loved one goes into a care home and you can't embrace them. Verse 6, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Change comes when a family home has to be sold and all these things that you've kept and you've gathered have to be, that have been lovingly kept, have to be redistributed. They have to be let go of. They have to be thrown away in some cases. And on this Remembrance Sunday, there is verse 8, isn't there? A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. We're tempted to say, oh, this is so contradictory, Lord. How can God say there is time to love and a time to hate? I remember uh, one funeral service I took many years ago, and I was asked by the person to remove this verse from the reading. You see, we don't want to face the fact that God also hates as he, as he loves. He hates all that is evil and wicked and, and evil and sinful. You see, life is full of contradictions. Ask the, the service men and women of our armed forces if there is a time for war and a time for peace. They will tell you. Life is full of contradictions. And therefore, what are we going to make of it? 
as Christian believers trusting in Jesus, living with the one who made the sun, who we live under, how are we going to cope with that sudden sharp twisting and turning? The teacher wants us to look to God, for the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, as the Bible says. And back in verse 26 of chapter 2, to the one, to the person who pleases God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Now, the teacher here is really, in, in our, our passage, is only really making one point, I think. And we tend to focus here, as we read it, on the contradictions, on the born, the die, the plant, the, the uproot, those things. We tend to focus on those things. But in actual fact, what we really need to focus it on is the, the one thing that doesn't change in the passage. And, and what is that? Time. Time is the word. 29 times it's repeated. And it's a rhythmic backbone here to the poetry. But what does it mean? The, the, the Hebrew word is eth. And it's got nothing to do at all with our kind of clocks and our Microsoft Outlook and our iWatches and our diaries. I just, maybe it's ironic, our, our clock has stopped and it's not working. It's, it's not that kind of time here. If we were to turn to the teacher and ask, what time is it? He would not say the 14th of November 2021, 10 something, whatever it is. And you see, the Hebrews had almost really no concept of of measuring time in in minutes and seconds and and units of hours, as we do. The the concept of time was more about the content of time. So you ask the teacher what time it is, and he would say, well, it's planting time, or it's dancing time, it's healing time, or it's time of war. And so time is more to do with seasons and circumstances and intervals. So if you were a Hebrew farmer, which um, most people live some sort of subsistence way, they, they would, um, uh, um, you know, would, if you were saying, what, ask them what time it was, they would kind of look to the sky look at the wind, the heat, look at the soil, and go, well, it's, I think it's harvest time. That's how they would think. They don't tell by looking at the calendar. They start harvest because everything around them tells them it's harvest. That's the concept of time. It's kind of now go and do it because it's this time, this season, the circumstances. Eth time is, is also used in the Bible about festivals and, and celebrations, intervals that were there to, to stop everything so they could fill up um, their time with devotion to God. And I think many of our, our, our often our difficulties is that we have, have uh, is, as people is because we, we can't tell the time, actually. Um, often we're so busy doing our stuff, filling our diaries, going through our lists, getting to work, coming from work, going here and going there, that we've all lost sense of, of God's timing in things. Eth, time, is not what time it is, but what is God 
doing? What is God's timing? The circumstances. What is God pouring into that moment, that interval, that circumstances? And it requires, of course, a great sensitivity to God, a a kind of wisdom. Because you're not going to find that kind of thing by simply pouring through a calendar and finding the appropriate date for it. Now, of course, clocks and calendars are important. I'm not saying that, um, you know, it's no good talking to a, a traffic warden and saying to them, um, you shouldn't be giving me a ticket because it's not the season for ticketing. You know, that's, <laughs> I'm not suggesting we do that. Yet the life lived under the one who made the sun is the life lived seeking wisdom and knowledge to put his plans and purposes into action who sees his changes. So if we put it into a real context of our COVID-19, was it a surprise to God? No, it's not a surprise to God. So we need wisdom to figure out what is God doing in this season? It's not going to be easy to work out. The the wise Christian will live, uh, is not to ask, uh, what must I do because it is this date? Instead, ask the question, what is the Lord preparing for now? Please show me, Lord. Reminds me a little bit of John 3 with um, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus and says, the wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You see, Christians should be seeking to respond as people who are born of the Spirit, responding to what God is doing. God is acting in ways that don't fit, you see, with our nice arrangements of time and our our planning. The teacher wants us to understand the wise way to read the times. And of course, that is a discernment process. It is about wisdom. So how are we going to face um, the slalom, this kind of way? Uh, The whining and the twisting, the contradictions, without kind of uh, falling into just fear and dismay and throwing our hands up in, in hopelessness. Well, firstly, we need to acknowledge that life isn't going to be a glamorous downhill ski trip, smooth and predictable. And I think, and maybe you do this, I'd certainly do this, I sort of think to myself in my life, oh, if, if I only get things sorted, next month will be better. If I get all this sorted, you know, next year will be, be plain sailing. And it never happens... God never does it like that. And so we shouldn't beat ourselves up that we've not got it all sorted. You know, these months have been the biggest wake-up call um, to this reality. Suddenly the diary is empty. And we ask us, what am I doing in this time tomorrow? And for a lot of us, we were doing exactly the same thing we were doing the day before, weren't we? (laughs) I think um, many of us have this thing in our heads of the best life that we've planned out. Have you, do you do that? You know, you kind of got it in your head. I've got this life that I've planned out, and it's going to be like that. And the reality is, maybe 90% of it, maybe even more of it, won't happen. We might as well get 
come to terms with that. Just think of, for the moment, the most significant things that are in your life that have happened. Have they been planned? Mostly they haven't, have they? We didn't plan when we were born. We didn't plan what parents we had. We didn't plan those sort of things. Um, If we're married, didn't plan who we would meet. I didn't plan that I was going to meet Hannah. But God planned it. Winding path, twists and turns, without fear and dismay. But also we need to face life's contradictions um, with prayer. We need to ask God uh, for this kind of wisdom. We need to ask him, say, Lord, show me what you're doing in this time, this moment, right now. Show me why you've placed me in this circumstances, in this particular interval of my life. Not, Lord, will you show me what you're going to do next year or in, you know, in, in months' time. Jesus, of course, um, understood this um, brilliantly. And uh, if you think about it, you can understand the story of uh, Jesus when he called the first disciples in this way, can't we? In Luke 5, you know it well, the, there they are, the disciples. They're experienced fishermen, Luke 5. And they're out on Lake Galilee. They caught nothing all night. And along comes Jesus, and he says, cast your nets on the other side. And at that moment, a huge catch of fish. At that time, wasn't it? Now, not in five weeks' time, but now. Because the creator of the universe was doing something at that particular moment. And so this kind of um, teaching here in Ecclesiastes pushes us much deeper, doesn't it, to ask ourselves, what time is it? Lord, please show me the people and the situations you're putting into my life. Please, Lord, don't let me lose this moment that you are giving me. Help me to respond if it is a time of mourning, to mourn with those who mourn. If it's a time of rejoicing, to, to recognize it's a time of rejoicing and rejoice with people. Whatever it might be, to see the moment. If it's tearing down, that something has long since been useful, to, um, to remove it. Let us not wish our way, our lives away, dreaming it should always be dancing, always be mending, always embracing. In actual fact, the situation is slalom, isn't it? And often those turns are quite sharp. You hit the gate, it hurts. But Lord, show me what you are doing. Please show me what you are doing. Let's not sit around waiting for the downhill to come, because it won't come. Let's be asking, what shoal of fish are you bringing past me? What opportunity, what moments, what opening? Help me, Lord, to see where the wind is blowing, where you're at work. Give me wisdom to know, Lord, the time that you have given me.
Father God, we pray for this wisdom. Uh, We ask that you would show us what time it is for us individually, but also for us as a church. Please show us, we pray, and help us to trust you with the twists and the turns, even when those are often hard. We pray that you would sustain us because of your great love, that you will bring us home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.